0: More than 7 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. More at MailChimp.com. The following podcast contains explicit language.
1: Okay, y'all. This is Episode 3B, and we are responding to listener feedback in a new bonus track we'll be releasing every week known as the b-sides uh, i'm baratunde thurston from los angeles coming to you with the magic of technology is raquel cepeda and tanner colby in new york city how y'all feeling we're feeling excellent. good excellent are you ready to hear what the people have had to say yes. The, the, yes the love and hate bombs uh so look we we tanner you stirred up some shit man thank you if the could you would you <laughs> mind repeating that line that that people wanted you to say in every show Racism, y'all we got to do something that one <laughs> yeah, that one so yeah. so the the Dixon challenge that became the Colby challenge that became a lot of email in our very shiny new Gmail and Facebook posts and tweets. <laughs> some people did not take kindly to your not taking kindly to to Mr. Dixon white, and I want to share some of that and then give you a chance. all right, to, lay it to on to me and then I will respond to some of them uh, we 're going to start with a famous musician, <laughs> Vernon. Alphonsus Reed,
2: Vernon, Vernon? Vert 22
1: tweeted in from living color. And he had uh, this to say to you, uh, Mr. Colby at a certain point in the discussion about Mr. Dixon's videos, there was pointed mocking of his redneck accent, which frankly pissed me off. I get it. You're cynical about his motives and you're better educated than him. Or so you believe snap. (laughs) It reminded me exactly of when white people mock the way black people speak when they're dismissive and superior. Maybe Mr. Dixon isn't polished. Maybe it falls on deaf ears. I applaud anyone trying to be real on race. And I think similarly tone, we'll get a representative sample, just one more, uh, which came in an email uh, from Allie Tharrington in uh, DC, I believe. Really enjoyed your last episode, but I was frustrated by Tanner's comments during the Dixon challenge segment. I found it odd that Tanner said early That he knew of lots of rednecks who talk about racism but dismissed of mr white's own efforts as a native rural north carolinian i thought dixon white's video was maybe the first time i saw somebody who looked and sounded a lot like racist rednecks from home making a hell of a lot of sense tanner may think the answer lies in sustainable education decades-long building of integrated communities and self-interest and i don't disagree with him but honestly when i hear black people talking around me Their own asks of white people are much simpler and right in line with Dixon's calls to action. Speak up, stop being defensive, get educated, call out racism, see color, and talk about it. Thanks, and keep up the great work. So those are two data points that represent a few more Facebook comments, tweets, and emails. What do you think in response to Raquel, obviously, if you have stuff to add on this too, but Tanner first.
0: Okay, first of all, probably the fact that I've heard rednecks talk this way about race is because I went around the South and wrote a book talking to rednecks about race. And so the fact that I've heard people with thick Southern accents speak this way before was not surprising to me in a way that it might be surprising to someone else. Second of all, I never mocked Dixon's motives. And I was—I—I I should probably in retrospect have been clearer. I think what he has done in his personal life that he believes this way and that he feels these things is great. I don't, I'm don't. i not cynical about his motives. I think his motives are sincere. What I am cynical about, and what I remain cynical about, is the whole idea that his video was gonna start some sort of movement, or that this was a way to start a groundswell. When you have this sort of raw emotionalism of, oh my God, we have to do something, and I'll say it without an accent this time, um, like, you know, <laughs> do you remember like eight years ago, Everyone at Starbucks was all up in arms about, like, child soldiers in Africa, and they had the book there. And, like, uh, Dave Eggers wrote a novel about the Lost Boys. It's like, oh, my God. And then, like, it's eight years later no one gives a shit. When you have this sort of emotional outpouring of charity for the tsunami, for Katrina, it peaks and it burns hot and then it burns out. My point about Dixon's videos was that that sort of thing doesn't sustain. And what sustains over the long term is, is much tougher and harder to do. And so I applaud his personal uh, verve for the subject. What I don't applaud is the sort of idea that this is the way to spark change. And lastly, on the accent, I will just say that I am a redneck. And Vernon Reed probably doesn't know that about me because we're not friends. But I was born in Texas, grew up in Louisiana, not (laughs) Obama. I have a Confederate goddamn flag on my high school diploma because they only took it off the high school insignia about five or six years ago. So, you know, just as Baratunde is permitted to say certain words that start with the letter N on the show that we are not, I can... November, mostly. Yeah, November. You know. That's exactly what I was thinking. Most of my relatives talk like Dixon White. And so I, you know, I can do a pretty good Southern accent. That's where I'm from. Those are my people. So it's not mockery. And it's one of the things I think that works well about this show is that I'm not some... Ivy League white person from Boston who's talking about rednecks down south and about how you know we're not racist up there and those poor benighted rednecks. Like I am one of those people. I come from that yeah. stock, and, and you so know what? I can I can speak to it.
2: <laughs> and you know what? I can attest to the fact that he's literally a redneck. Yes. Tanner's <laughs> neck is so fucking red right now.
0: Yeah. Walking walking the kid it's around. the And all park. of a
2: sudden, I'm sweating, and I'm I don't know for some reason why I feel very defensive, mm-hmm. and I think it's your redneck.
0: So I That's, could I could understand why people yeah. Yeah. you know who don't know you who don't yeah. know me uh, thought that I was being cruel and derisive to him. But again, totally not disrespectful of his motives and his 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 personal catharsis. Yeah. I'm simply skeptical about what it takes to uh, make social change. And I have noticed. The, ahead, sorry, Nicole. I've yeah.
2: noticed that the numbers have been going down, 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 plummeting on his videos. But I still watch them and I still follow him because yeah. I just feel like, yo man, at least he's trying to do something. Right, he's just and talking to the hashtag better than nothing. That is, should hashtag- be we're, we're gonna yes. start a new yeah, hashtag. Yeah, but there's campaign. always we can always hate on somebody for something. And I mean, I don't think he's equipped to, you know, I don't think he was planning to, you know, all of a sudden like run for president or something. But like even like the right the right wing, remember when they used Joe the Plumber? Yeah. they used him to like spew all this like you know venomous BS in plain old you know I guess American talk. And it's nice to see somebody like Dixon who I didn't grow up around that. I've been to all those places, to Alabama, down south, but I don't have family members that are like that. So for me, it was very foreign. And to see somebody like that who I would, you know, kind of honestly... Be kind of kind of afraid to be around if I was alone in the South without my you know boxing gear. It was cool to see him talking that way, and I think there's still people, even though it's trickled, it's you know kind of like fallen off a little bit. There are still people that are leaving messages and and you know doing their own form of racial healing, if you will. And right. to be fair, some people were on your side.
0: There were yeah, there, there were, were people. You on... did not read a single yes. tweet from my side, and there yeah, was, there,
2: <laughs> was, there, was there were like a whole like maybe two or three people that were sorry. The no, way you no, did. no, there was.
1: Well, I see that. with the idea and i didn't give the full context but there were folks who loved your racism y'all we got to do something about it and yeah they requested that tanner do that in every episode right uh, which will not be happening well i have a i have a a more (laughs)
0: like non-southern inflected version of that which is like sort of the collegey white guilt like oh my god racism guys we got to do something like that you get that too but uh, we did get one email from Rob, whom I'm assuming is from Chicago, given the context of the email, It talks about Oak Park, Illinois. And that is a perfect example. The reason why Oak Park, Illinois, is a well-integrated and stable neighborhood is because that was the birthplace of Frank Lloyd Wright. There's like 20, 25 Frank Lloyd Wright houses within like a 10 block radius. If you've ever been there, it's amazing, they're beautiful. And the white people who lived there said, we have to preserve this. So rather than cutting and running, and rather than trying to fight to keep black people out, what we need to do is to find a sustainable way for us to live together and share in these resources together. So it was white self-interest coupled with, you know, also an opening of minds and, you know, a little more of the softer side of it. But it was purely economic and other self-interest that led them to make that change. And one of the other things that I thought was interesting, Raquel, was you put the link in in the pool this week about the essay from, what's the guy's name?
1: Alberto? Alberto. Alberto. Yeah,
0: Yeah, about how Latinos should have more compassion and solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement because p- police brutality against black people affects Latino communities as well and Native American communities and so on. And the point of the story, whether you're talking about real estate or police brutality or whatever, black people get the shit into the stick on everything. So if you fix subprime mortgage lending against black people, you fix it for everyone. If you Mm -hmm. fix police brutality against black people, you fix it for everyone. And that's what I mean more by, you know, self-interest, which is that if we fix this society and this social contract for black people, we kind of do it for everyone. So
2: so you're saying basically that if Latinos and other non-white communities start coalescing on their part, extending the olive branch on their part to the Black Lives Matter movement. It is kind of sort of what you're talking about with Dixon and that whole situation self-interest. Right. Like it's like, yo, if, if it gets yeah. better for them, it, get, right. it gets, it gets it better, gets for, better for us. Oh. Yeah.
0: What happens when Freddie Gray and Eric Garner and these people die, there should be a huge outpouring of moral outrage and, oh my God, we have to do something. This is intolerable. But that will burn bright and burn out. And what will keep it going over the long haul is understanding how mass incarceration is debilitating all of society. How police brutality affects all of our communities and makes us as a society worse off. Yeah, the moral outrage and the emotionalism is great. It has its place. But what sustains will be a a deeper understanding of how these things affect all of us.
1: We'll get to another topic after this break from our sponsor. More than 7 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters and deliver high fives. The people behind MailChimp admire the projects that spread creative empathy in the world and creative chaos on the web. MailChimp also distributes hats for cats and small dogs. More at MailChimp.com. MailChimp. Send better email. One of the goals of this B-set, this is our first time, so we were very experimental and imperfect, so we want to hear what the listeners have to say and share some of that and react, and also react to each other with some time between, because we always run out of time. Like, I really wish I had said this, or I really wish you hadn't said that. And so there's something in an email that I'll share still on this topic. This is from Christina, and I wasn't trying to totally throw you under the bus, Tanner. I just, you, you, you provoked a lot of people into typing into the internet, and that's a special skill I think you might bring that show. Thank you very much. <laughs> Christina said, um, I, w- I found myself agreeing again and again with Tanner, and I didn't want to.
2: <laughs>
1: and I love that. Everything Tanner yeah. said about the video being a fad was disheartening and pessimistic, as Baratunde and Raquel pointed out. And yet I couldn't have agreed more strongly with his views. And so what I just, I thought about that. It just was so novel, Raquel, that you and I were like, Hope change like positive energy and tanner's like no 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 and i so i wasn't expecting the lines to be drawn that way that like the black and brown people are like, America's going to be okay, thanks to Dixon White. And yeah. the white guy from the South is like, we need structural reform or nothing. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I had that same conversation with my husband. I was confused yeah. by my own, by our take. So when I yeah. read that email, I was like, oh shit, you know what? She's completely right. And you know what's so crazy? Like growing up, I've always been like, I'm not the Martin Luther King Jr. type. I don't right, believe right. turn in turning the other cheek. I want to get the fuck in the ring. I want to like, you know, so I've always been like that, you know, so it's just weird that I would have taken that stance. But it's just for me, it was just so novel to see somebody that looked like that. I can't even front. Maybe I'm judging book by its cover. Or maybe I'm not being deep. I could, you know, I, I, I could be guilty of that sometimes. But it was just to me so stark yeah. to see yeah. somebody like Dixon White. Right. Say that.
0: And again, keep it no, hope alive. <laughs> no disrespect to Mr. Dixon. He's, he, he seems like a very yeah. genuine and good guy, but we were just using him as a pivoting point to talk about uh, a larger thing. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that let's, more later. Let's
1: move on. Let's, uh, we talked about Fresh Off the Boat, yeah. and uh, we got some, some real interesting responses on that one. Uh, Annie Lee on Twitter tw- wrote us back and said, uh, though Fresh Off the Boat isn't always funny – I, second-generation Chinese-American woman, and there was a lot of gratitude for clarifying first versus second-generation, Raquel, uh, in your direction. Uh, I still need it. Where else do I see myself and my family on TV? And then we got a really sad, really simple Twitter response yeah, can you just read it? Um, yeah, we had we had a, we had a no
2: response listen. that I, I guess fresh off the boat is watching or he, listening to us, but we had a response from Hudson David Yang, who plays Eddie on the show, and it was just a very simple Aw, A-W-W. Oh, Aw, I don't know sad how face. long I should. With yeah, a sad yeah, a sad face a sad face. Sad emoticon. Yeah, yeah, sad emoticon.
0: Yeah. So I made a kid yeah. frown. So I guess I'm kind of a dick.
1: But <laughs> um, but it, it, so let me so say this, this:
0: the kid, the kids, yeah. great in the show. Is so the the shortcomings he of the show are totally not the kid's fault. I still, be, I mean, read some more of the feedback we got on the show and we can discuss um, how we revisit our opinions from last
1: week. Uh, another thing from Fresh Off the Book, we got an email from Ed. Uh, Hi, crew. I love that he calls us a crew. It makes me feel like we're on like a three-hour tour or some kind of ship, like we're militarized in some way. <laughs> uh, first off, I'm loving the show. And, and, and just a tip to anyone who would provide us feedback, whether you're happy or you're sad or you're angry or you're mad, Always tell us you love the show first and then we're more likely to listen respectfully uh, to what you have to say following that, even if it's very disrespectful. So first off, I'm loving the show and I hope it continues to grow. And I like that he's like a poet, yo. Regarding the Fresh Off the Boat discussion, it seems like progress to me that the entire show isn't just racial stereotypical humor. Seems that your opinions were based on the quality of the jokes, not the subject matter. Even if you didn't find the jokes funny, at least they're not derogatory while still coming from an immigrant and Asian perspective. Personally, my white guilt keeps me on guard about racial humor. Is it okay to laugh at that joke? So when a show is about more than stereotypes, it becomes more accessible to me. Thanks for reading my thoughts. And congrats to Raquel on her tourney win.
2: Oh, what? Your what? boxing
1: tournament. People? That just, uh, first, it just amazes me. People are listening that closely. And the fact that he took the time to congratulate you on your, your victory in the ring is touching.
2: Yes, um, I'm touched. i just want being facetious. I felt like... I felt like
1: I was quieter on the Fresh Off the Boat segment than I wanted to be. And I binge watched the show. Uh so I, you know, on, on iPad, on planes, basically over three days, sucked in the whole thing. I'm like really impressed with it. I'm really impressed with the mother character. I love the grandmother figure. I think Eddie is like the character is kind of killing it. And it's a little it's got some corny cheesiness to it, but there is like so much worse garbage on television than this and I expected just cringeworthy horror to be like the first or the second, you know, Asian based sitcom in network television history that I'm just like, go ahead, ABC, do it. Um, And I like, you know, Ed's note is a good one that it's not just stereotypical racial humor, which it isn't. And a lot of it's just really dope. And the hip hop level of it really warms my heart because it's such a throwback to hear those tracks again. And their licensing fees must be through the roof uh, to get that stuff on air.
0: But if you were coming at it with the point of view of you were expecting a (laughs) cringe-worthy horror show, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it was probably pretty good. I
1: mean, the show is not horrible, but I don't think it's mediocre either. Like, I feel like I feel you were so harsh on the show, and you were so like absolute about its low quality and its mediocrity. And I don't, I just my my comedic and like consumer opinion is different from yours. Strip all the racial analysis or whatever. I think it's pretty funny. It's like an above-average show, and so that doesn't that doesn't meet the word mediocre to me. Like there are some mediocre shows that've been made. This is not a bad TV show by by any stretch. It's like
2: and I, broadcast
1: and, and it has some limits, but I like it. I will I will watch the second season. That's my test. Like will I keep watching it when it's not homework? I'm gonna keep watching it.
2: I'm gonna keep watching it too. I'm still in the middle. Like you know, I, I obviously identified a hell of a lot because. Um, uh, you know, second gen. Some people right. actually, a sociologist called me 1.75 gen, just to confuse, <laughs> confuse me <laughs> okay. even more. Um, yeah, like really stuck in a liminal place here. But um, but you know, there I just like some other some episodes more than others, and of course it had the cheesy moments. But you know what? That show actually encouraged me to rewatch a lot of Modern Family. And when mm. I used to be such a Sofia Vergara hater, I have to on the record. Stand corrected, and actually enjoy the way her character has grown, and like yeah. even though you can't, you know, solve every stereotype, you can't do, you can't be everything to everyone. I like the way her character is growing and how she's struggling to be to be American and keep her roots keep her Colombian roots and I like seeing that and I like seeing some of the issues that Manny's going through as well in that show so you know like I I, you know I don't I don't like it's not one of my favorite mean, my favorite show is American Crime but yeah. it's also not yeah. a sitcom but for a sitcom right. it's pretty it's pretty cool even though I think I identify more with Eddie Huang's um, memoir because we we're both severely you know abused as children
0: right. I feel kind of this way about our podcast and, and also maybe I don't know how you feel about your books but about my book too a little bit like this podcast could suck really, really hard, but there's mm-hmm. a certain class of people who will never bring any critical analysis to it. They'll just tell us how brave we are for doing it and how important it is that we're doing it
1: because we right. but we are brave and we, we are brave I important. and important. I we think are we're underestimating heroes. our
2: our listeners and now. <laughs> I th- and Come on, think man. and I think there
0: is a there is a, no, but I don't I don't think our podcast sucked, But I think there, if it did suck, I think that that they're certain. And I think the same thing was true with some of the criticism of. Dear White People, I thought Dear White People was a good movie, but I think there is a certain class of liberal critic who suspended their judgment on it as a film and only wrote about it as a piece of politics. And, you know, I, there was some problems with, you know, the plot. Yeah. And I thought that was a little tried to do too much in a few places. It was a better film than I could have made, you know, certainly. But, you know, they suspended their critical faculties on the show beca- of that movie because it was important. And I feel like and the, the Onion AV Club even said this in their review, which is that the importance of this show drowns out anything anyone thinks about the actual comedy of the show. And there's no doubt that it's important. And that's why I sort of concluded the segment by saying... I feel that it deserves a reboot. The subject matter deserves the best treatment possible. The cast and the audience deserve the best treatment possible. And I I just don't feel like they got it.
1: Well, and and that is your right uh, as an American. And one thing thing I do think...
0: Uh, that I am somewhat excited about is they just announced uh, either this morning or yesterday all the new pilots that are being picked up for next fall. And Ken Jeong uh, has a show picked up at ABC called Dr. Ken. Uh, And
1: he's from Community, right? Yeah, he's from Community. And America
0: Ferrara has a new show uh, called Superstore. It's about working in a a big box store and there the labor is organizing and unionizing. And I think what I look forward to about those shows, I don't know too much about them yet, is that the premise isn't just... We're Asian people right. or we're yeah, black. It's not yeah. blackish or fresh off the boat. It is yeah. people of color cast in leads in stories that are stories. And you know, I think that's she one just, of the strengths of Empire. Empire's not a show about being black. Empire is a show about a record executive. No. Right? It's
1: about about a very teary eyed emotional record executive. A very teary eyed yeah. emotional record Mr. executive. Mr.
0: And when I feel like one of the shortcomings of what Fresh in the Boat Fresh Off the Boat and Blackish have tried to do is they immediately put themselves in the box of we're the Asian show or were the black
2: show. No, I don't show. think they did. I think that the viewers did. When you call a show no, fresh no, 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 off no, 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 the right. boat, I
0: think No, you're... I
1: think they, I definitely think they did it. I think Kendra Kendra so... Barris with Blackish along with Larry Wilmore who produced that. Okay. I think the um and Fresh off the Boat was based on Eddie's memoir and when I tried to make How to Be Black, you know, a TV show like that was based on the title. Like I was very much embracing this is going to be a show about blackness and these so as long as they're not the only ones I think we're good. Well, you know, mm-hmm. America... And, and they, it sounds like they they won't be. America, so
2: America Ferrara is doing... I loved her in Ugly Betty, by the way. But mm-hmm. um, Is that it? Ugly, ba- Ugly Betty? Yeah. Um, but So I guess she got her show picked up, and then another show that's been lauded, I've never watched it, called Cristela, was just canceled. Yeah. Right. So with one mm-hmm. Latino show, I guess there's only room for one. There's right. only one room for one narrative. It's like a crowded
1: nightclub, you know? One in, one out, right? Yeah, it's like one in, one out. The fire department is going to be uh, levying fines if you let too many... Uh, yeah. brown uh, or yellow people on the, on the screen. So yeah, I would just say we have a lot of people recommending things to read and follow up on. So you know, check out facebook.com slash showaboutrace, if not just to hear from us, to hear from each other. Folks are sharing some interesting personal stories and, and links. Uh, and similarly, on the Twitter account, at showaboutrace, you can search for that mention and see. And we're retweeting things constantly that pique our interest because in between the two weeks uh, when we're not recording, on uh, every single day, there's stuff still happening. Uh, I, here's a question that came up and we offered some advice on Facebook. It's how to deal, you know, someone read in, how do you deal with your friends on Facebook engaging in racial conversation horribly? And you know, do you unfriend them, do you try to correct them? And we all have very different communities, I assume, based on where we grew up and like who our high school friends were. Have you guys dealt with Tensions on your Facebook wall and and now that you're even more explicitly and officially talking about race What are your people saying about it? And how are you dealing with it?
0: I don't really engage in it and I don't get a whole lot of heated stuff I get some cuz cuz I have a lot of southern friends from high school who are on Facebook yeah. um, a lot of like crazy conservative Confederate stuff and a lot of Jesus stuff like Easter just like <laughs> just blows up Um but honestly, it's so annoying, and I because I want to use my social media feeds to hear from people that I want to hear about, yeah. I've X'd out everyone, I've blocked everyone from my feed who isn't either a friend or a commentator uh, or, or someone who follows this subject. Because social media is a complete waste of time unless you cull it and curate it to be a feed to of what you want it to be, right? And what about you, Raquel? Any... Well, any... Yes, strategies. I have stories. I do. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I um, I have a I used to I turned my public my personal profile to a public one um, a couple of years ago and lost twenty five hundred people because they were so incensed that I would do that um, yeah, I did because that before, people too. because <laughs> people that were posting on my page were not my friends and I just lost touch with a lot of my friends because strangers that I met like once or didn't didn't know me were um, posting like just dumb shit on my wall so um a lot of times not all the time and then the good stuff would get lost in the sauce but then i have like a personal page that i only have um i hate when people tag me in it because i don't want people to know that i have this personal page and i'm Mm. actually kind of just using it to bookmark articles for this and you know just it's just basically just a bookmark but that particular page had a high school friend of mine who was um dissing the hell out of eric gardner's daughter Wow. And like, and then all these people that I went to high school with, and if you read my book, you'd see that in my high school, I went to school with a lot of very racist, um, you know, Italian and Irish American folks, and just you know, folks in my own community that, on my side, when we were alone, would be like, yeah, it's fucked up, and then when they were out in public, would take would become racist. So one such friend that I grew up with, um, and actually just saw her, and she rolled her eyes at me and walked away. I just unfriended because I wrote and I said, I can't take it. I just it's my personal feed. I can't take you saying. That Eric Gardner's daughter is throwing herself on the floor, and she's very ill spoken, and because she wants she wants um, attention, I think she would prefer to have her father over mm-hmm. getting attention. Mm-hmm. Right? For so I just on uh, solidarity with my sister, you know Eric Gardner's um, 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 a daughter and family. I just unfriended her, and yeah. I'm all the better for it. And it's my personal page. I don't want to see that shit.
1: Well, um, I also had the similar. Facebook page profile drama. I have unfriended people during elections before who just got nasty and thought that like my personal profile was their personal soapbox uh, and get really abusive with the volume of stuff. So you can't see anything else because they're just like spamming uh, manifestos at you all the time. Uh, But we have posted a link a few, maybe a week or two ago on our Facebook page. Uh, It's from WNYC's new tech city podcast about how to, better manage, call, curate, cultivate your Facebook experience when things get awkward, especially around offensive and, and racial things. Um, I'd also just say from a feedback perspective, thank you, everybody who's been rating the show. We have 45 ratings on iTunes. The average is five stars. So on average, we're excellent. And uh, that's just a really good grade for something that's you know just out the gate and that we're still learning from. And, and Christina, who we read from earlier, said this, which I think is, is the right kind of, it gives me faith that we're doing the right thing. It says, I think, she says, I'm really excited about your podcast. I think it is the reason podcasts were made to have intelligent people uh, and these dive into these important, messy, and unhad discussions and make those conversations available to a wide audience. So you're welcome, America. Uh, we're saving you one uh, MP3 file at a time. And, and thanks for going along with our experimental b-side we'll be back with another b-side probably better structured because this was the beta test um in reaction to your reactions to uh to what we have said uh what we think about what each other has said and what else you want to hear us talk about we will create a space here as well to get into maybe less topical things and more general things just to uh to see what's on your mind that isn't queued up in our article reviews so that's it for the episode three b-side Again, I'm Baratunde from LA, we got Raquel and Tanner in New York, and this was a slightly more casual version of our national conversation about conversations about race, featuring your conversation.